And now, for your listening entertainment, this is We Are Framed with... Not the title. <laughs> we Were Framed. Hey, Framer. John Fitz here. Hey, with Sweet Boo, we're here to tell you about our Patreon. That's right. That's patreon.com slash WWFpod, where you can go to find all sorts of bonus content, including episodes, videos, and live commentaries. And now back to the regular scheduled show. Bye-bye. Yeehaw, y'all. We're back in it. The movie corral for the Patreon. Luis, how are you? Good. Tired. Getting a little stir crazy. Yeah, I'm definitely that. I'm not that tired today. I've actually been like up and active. Um, do you know that song that I played? No. Sounds like something Dolly Parton would sing. That was uh, What Made You Say That. Uh, the... First track off Shania Twain's first album, uh, rightly titled Shania Twain. And the reason I'm playing, I, I played that is because, I, I, well, A, I, I find a different country music song to play when we do these episodes every every week. But B, there is like major construction going on on my building. Not Luckily, not on my corner of the building, but the opposite corner of the building. Um, I guess... So my apartment building is made out of brick. It's like red brick, just a big red brick square. And the opposite corner of the building, the brick came away from the wall. So there was just like a separation between between like 30 feet of brick and a person's drywall on the inside. Um, so I've been woken up every single day since Monday by... hammering and sawing and um so you might hear some of that in the background of this episode i apologize for that it's not too bad it was it's really bad in the morning um when they're taking bricks out but when they're when they're putting bricks in then it's just the hammers in the morning it's the saws and the hammers and all that but um i was sitting in here doing yoga which is my new um quarantine hobby is i do yoga right when i wake up and i had the window open and i'm not joking that it was it was around lunchtime, it was like noon. It was completely silent outside the window. Nothing. I couldn't hear anything. And then all of a sudden, blasting. And a smile slowly spread across his face. He said, What's a view so long? And they played front to back Shania Twain's first album titled Shania Twain. I just found it really interesting because you never know what people's interests are. They are three or four the workers are three or four younger hispanic men and one of them they must they must just love shania so i'm i'm acquainting myself with that uh album so i can have something to talk about with them when they are outside my window but you know maybe by tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
I'm not as as tired as, as Luis. Luis is still doing his day job. I'm getting in the groove of this quarantine thing. Um, but the reason we're doing a movie corral uh, is related to the quarantine. I am backed up um, with movies to talk about. So I need to knock some of these out. Luis is uh, going to stretch for his first one, but why don't we just get right into it? What's your first movie to talk about this week? My first movie to talk about this week is the original Blade Runner. Oh, I know why you don't remember much about it. So, I don't know how many, I don't know if I brought it up before, but there was like a Rolling Stones, like, uh, list of like the greatest um, uh, cult classic films. And Blade Runner was on that list. And I was like, all right, cool, I'm going to watch it. I'm like, I didn't like the, I didn't like the sequel. Um, it didn't, it just didn't keep me interested enough. I walked out halfway through cause I was so bored and, um, I must've fallen asleep or something during this movie because I don't remember watching it, but it's on my watch history and it's my one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seventh I have, film. I have a guess as to why you fell asleep watching it. Um, and that's cause it's boring as shit. Yeah, uh, I don't get the cult status of this of this movie. I think it's really I've seen it every way you can see it. I've seen the original theatrical cut, I've seen the director's cut, and I've seen this newest cut that came out. I think they call it the unicorn cut. Uh, it's now, a unicorn on it, but it says the final cut. Yeah, because it's the unicorn cut, and the only difference between that and the director's cut is uh, there's a unicorn at the end. Oh, but yeah. there's there's been different like versions of this movie, like some with Harrison Ford narrating, some without, some with um, Sean, I forget her name, um, but the 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 love interest like with her in it, with her not in it. I really don't. I can't stand the movie. I'm not gonna try again. Um, so the ones that you did see 2049 though, right? Yeah, that's the one I walked out of. Yeah, this I probably th- would have too, but it was beautiful. I think it was a Roger Deakins cinematography, and it looked so good. That's why I stuck around. But I kept getting lost in the scenery and not paying attention to the plot. So, for this top 20, it's 25 films that are called classics, and I decided to rewatch them. Um, and let's see. I've watched one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them already. And this was the worst one. Like, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was one of the early Ridley Scotts that uh, I just can't connect with. Even like Harrison Ford, I'm starting to wonder if he ever really had it. I'm just bored whenever I see him, ever. Um, especially in, in, uh, 2049, I don't know if you remember if you stuck around long enough for him to come into the movie. That was when I walked out. Yeah. He, he walked, he came into the scene. It was really like, it's it like, reminded yeah. me of Star Wars and I'm like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. Harrison, we're filming, you know, act like you give a shit for a half a yeah. second. That's the same feeling I had when he was in Star Wars. It's like, he just seemed like he was like, eh. 
I don't really want to do this, but you guys are paying me a lot of money to be here, so I guess I'll do it. Did he come back canonically in the trilogy, or was he in the solo movie? No, he was in the uh, canon film. Well, the chronologic films. He uh, he shows up for the first film back, and then at the end of the film he dies. So. Yeah. No, and I think that was his way of being like, yeah, he like he just agreed to do that once. He's like, dude, I just want to do these three scenes and I'm out. But I think he's one of those actors who like he does he gets people like really interested. Like he gets into projects that have really good writing and a really good fan base, and then he goes, oh shit, I didn't want this, and now I'm stuck doing all these movies. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Because he was in Indiana Jones, all those films, and then they're like, oh, can we like do like one where we hand off the tro- torch? And he goes, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Same thing with, you know, Star Wars and Blade Runner. Um, yeah, I think maybe he's just, like, over it, but he might be in hot water financially or something. He might have gotten taken for a ride with Bernie Madoff or... Yeah, because I, I don't get why he acts anymore if he doesn't want to. Seems like he's all right with it. And he's scheduled to re redo his uh, Indiana Jones in 2022. Yeah, well, do you think he's actually going to, like... Be in it, be in it? Or is it going to be handed off to some other Tom Holland or something? Well, he was supposed to hand it off to, uh, what's his name? Gia Lebius. yeah. Which, I'm not going to lie, I didn't see... I didn't think that he did that bad of a job that they couldn't make a thing. But I'm sure it was, like, more of... Um, Shia LaBeouf's, like, um, personality. Like, a lot of people have issues with him. So I'm looking through his, like, movie history, and honestly, there's only one movie that I really, like, that pops out that I'm like, yeah, I love that movie. Because Cowboys and Aliens was amazing. Cowboys and Aliens is a great movie. Um, Daniel Craig, Harrison Ford. Um, and the story behind it is also really fascinating, if you know anything about the production of that movie. No. That was... Um, the, the easiest way I can um, uh, conflate it, or not conflate it, the, uh, I can uh, compare it to, is do you know the story of Ninja, uh, the, uh, the Ninja Turtles, the Super TMNT? You know how it yeah, started as... It started as, like, a comic book among friends at a pizza oh, okay. So Cowboys and Aliens was um, a screenplay written by a couple friends, like, as a joke. So it, I guess it would be, like, the equivalent of us kind of farting around and writing Ghost over a couple of years. And then yeah. all of a sudden it gets bought and then it gets made. Like, it was two, I believe, two writers of Cowboys and Aliens two, that wrote the screenplay. And they came out of nowhere. They were... They were pizza guys or whatever, and all of a sudden their movie's getting made. And I think they were really smart about it and like kept creative control while it was being made. So that movie is their vision. It didn't get like um, Blade Runner, where Blade Runner was an original script, um, and then it just got taken over by some crazy director. The the process of making Cowboys and Aliens stayed true to the um, the original screenplay all the way through. And I like stories like that. I thought you were talking, about the, I thought you were talking about the uh, story behind the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies that were that were 
No, I, made. I was trying to, 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 to draw a line between like, you know, like fuck around screenplay writing and big time uh, yeah. production. Because that's what happened with TMNT and Cowboys and Aliens. No, they, uh, I don't know. If you ever like get a chance, um, watch some interviews so from the guys who played the Ninja Turtles. John Leguizamo and uh, oh no, I'm thinking of Super Mario Brothers. The guys that played Ninja Turtles. I don't know. Yeah, like from the 2014 and all those like that like series. Oh. Um, I think it's so it's Alan Rich Richardson, uh, Noel Fisher, uh, Noel Fisher. You might know from um, uh, what's those. Shameless, uh, Alan Richardson from Blue Mountain High. Is that Blue Mountain High? Blue Mountain State. Um, Jeremy Howard. I don't know where he's from. He looks like that guy who did the. Uh, I'm gonna. I want to blow shit up in. Um, uh, uh, accepted. Hmm. And John Knox, Johnny Knoxville. The conditions on the set were the worst conditions ever. And nobody wanted to come back for the sequel. I did yeah. not know Johnny Knoxville was in TMNT. <laughs> yeah. Like apparently, uh, like I watched a uh, Alan Richardson because he plays um, Hawk in Hawk and Dove, like the t- Titans TV show on um, DC. Okay. And he was doing an interview for it, and they were like asking him about like, oh, is there going to be a third? Uh, Ninja Turtles movie, and he's like, "Thank fucking God, no!" And they're like, "What? Why? Why?" He goes, "Why so negative about it?" He goes, "He goes, it was the worst shit ever. Like we, like they would, uh, I guess like the condition, like poor conditions were terrible. They would work like long hours compared to like other places and stuff like that." And he's like, "Yeah." He goes, "So." Well. Noel Fisher, who was who was Michelangelo in the TMNT movies, you said you might know him from uh, Shameless. I'm assuming you're talking the American version. Yeah. I didn't watch that much of it. Was he one of the sons? Was he the gay son? I don't know because I never actually watched either version. Okay. I, I never got say, on the bad wagon. I would say you might know Noel Fisher as uh, one of the people in the second season of Booth at the End. If you remember, he has the most interesting storyline in season two of Booth at the End. He was also the son in the, the FX series The Riches, which is a really good series from early FX productions. Uh, also starring Minnie Driver and Eddie Izzard. But, um, cool. I forgot that that conversation started with Blade Runner. So, my first <laughs> um, movie for the week. i got to scroll back here because, like I said, I've got a lot... Um, stacking up here in my in my letterboxed is a rewatch of there will be blood uh have you seen this oh there will be blood is that the uh paul thomas anderson with daniel day lewis paul the coin flipping one the coin flipping one yeah i'll look it up while you're talking um it's about uh an oil tycoon in the late 1800s early 1900s um, it was based on an Upton Sinclair novel called Oil! Exclamation point. Um, but Daniel Day-Lewis is fucking awesome in this. It's about the brutality of capitalism. 
Um, Paul Thomas Anderson is one of my favorite directors. I've talked about him a lot. I rewatched this a couple weeks ago when I was up with insomnia, and it was like both a mistake and a blessing. A blessing because it's such a great movie and I enjoyed watching it. But like I said, I was watching it because I had I couldn't sleep and I started it at like four in the morning and it's a two and a half hour movie. So I was up till 6.30 after that. Because you just can't stop watching it once you start. Um, and I'll kind of parrot my, my letterbox review. The first word in the movie There Will Be Blood comes in at minute 13. So there's 13 minutes in the front end of this movie that have no dialogue. And you don't even notice it because uh, the cinematography and the the storytelling in Daniel Day-Lewis's like, demeanor and actions as he's drilling for oil by himself are so fucking interesting. Um, the characters in this are great. Paul Dano is fucking awesome as this like vindictive preacher who claims to be, you know, a man of God, but is just as uh, star fuckery and vindictive as, as Daniel Day-Lewis's character is. Um, yeah, it's just great. Did you find out what you were talking about with the coin thing? No, it wasn't the wrong movie. This is the one uh, where like his brother is a preacher or something like that. This movie, There Will Be Blood. Yeah. It's a, a movie about a guy drilling for oil. He drills for oil and then he buys up all this land in this small town, and in California. And then uh, the man that he buys it from is this pastor of this like upstart yeah. church, and he they kind of like have a rivalry over clout in this town. There's twins in it, right? Yeah, it wasn't supposed okay. to be twins. So. So initially, Paul Dano was only supposed to have a small part as Eli, mm-hmm. um, and then someone, this other guy, I forget his name, was supposed to play uh, the preacher, and that guy dropped out because he was so intimidated by Daniel Day-Lewis. He thought Daniel Day-Lewis was going to kill him, um, because Daniel Day-Lewis is a method actor and like probably was an intimidating figure on that set. So that guy dropped out. Paul Dano filled in, and then yeah, you're right. They um, they had to call them twin brothers after that. Yeah, I remember seeing it in, when it was in theaters. So. Yep, that's and my first. That I think I don't think I actually saw it any time after that. You should rewatch it. It's great. Is it on Netflix or Amazon? Or? It's on Netflix, I believe. We should be saying if you can watch these movies on Netflix or Amazon or Hulu when we bring them up. Just like. Just thought about that. Yeah, this one was Netflix. Okay, my next film is Ridiculous Six. That's a rewatch? Yeah, it's a rewatch, but I haven't watched it for like the podcast at all. Um so I just thought it'd be funny to watch. Um and I was very surprised. To see, I guess I haven't seen it in a while because I was surprised Kevin James isn't in it. Um, I was expecting Kevin James to be in it because it looks like, it just seems like um, Kevin James is uh, part of that crew now that does all the movies with them. Um, and then they have like the weird set of casts, but yeah. Good, bad. It was okay. Like it's something. Yeah. I think it's like um a time killer movie. Um, 
it's one of those movies that are worth watching if you have nothing else to do and you just want to like have a drink and watch a funny film like mm-hmm. um i think if you're looking for like a great storyline you're not going to get it but and that was on netflix right that's a netflix movie yeah, it's a Netflix original, and I think he's got... That's his first Netflix original. The second one was... Um, Meyerowitz Stories? Oh, is that a Netflix original, too? It's a Netflix original, yeah. Well, and then the third one would be uh, the murder one with Jennifer Aniston. Oh, yeah. Um, all I can think of is it's probably like something like... Murder Foods. Or is it just called Murder Mystery? Yeah. I think that's what it's called. I'm not sure... Um, that was actually pretty good. I won't lie. Um, I was inadvert- I inadvertently I was taking a stab at how boring the name of it was, and I came up with a better name for it. What is it? I was like, it's probably called something like Nothing to Lose, and you're like, no, it's called Murder Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I was being lazy, and yeah, they it's were literally lazy. called Murder Mystery. <laughs> uh, I think this next one we'll call Drama, and then after that we'll do Comedy Film. Well, I think he's working on the shittiest movie that he can come up with right now. So, cause didn't he say that he, uh, if he didn't win the, um, the new award, he would... Yeah. Uh, I wonder if Jennifer Aniston takes those roles just to go get stoned with Adam Sandler. Because Adam Sandler is a notorious pothead. And from the rumors, so is Jennifer Aniston. So I wonder if, if that's why they're... That would make sense. She was in a movie with T.J. Miller. Uh, was that Extract? What was she in with T.J. Miller? Um, It was called Office Christmas Party, I think. Uh, okay. It was There's... really good. I liked it. about lazy fucking movie titles? Yeah. <laughs> All right, my second... Uh... They have to pay the bill for Jennifer Aniston being in the movie. They can't come up with awesome titles. True. They could just call it Boobs. And I'd watch it. Have you not seen Office Christmas Party? No. Oh, you should check it out. I it's tried. Excellent. I watched like 20 minutes once and just couldn't. I, I like Jason Bateman's type of comedy, like acting comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not the, uh, like, oh, I'm going to make jokes like throughout the whole thing, like uh, Ben Schwartz. But he's the guy who plays off Ben Schwartz, and he plays it off really well. Did he direct Office Christmas Party? Who? Jason Bateman. I don't think so. Speaking of Jason Bateman, Ben Schwartz, though, have you seen the one? um, There's one where his dad dies, and they're sitting Shiva Shiva for his family. And Uh, Ben Schwartz is in it, and it's hilarious. That one's worth watching. Well, let's see what it's called. I'm sure Ben Schwartz, other than Sonic, doesn't have a whole lot on... Uh, this is where I leave you. This is where I leave you? Oh, yeah, I heard about that one. Yeah, it's really good. Um, It's a family, their father, like, the father dies, um, and then the family has to sit, like, um, um, Shiva for a week, which is, like, a Jewish custom of sitting, like... They sit with the body in the house or something like that for a week and leave the doors open when people can come visit. Um, Tina Fey's in it. Uh, Jason Adam Bateman. Driver. Jason Bateman 
Uh, Jason Bateman has a beard, so you know it's both funny and serious. Yeah. Is that how you tell if his movies are funny? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Adam Driver, Rose Byron, um, let's see, Timothy Oliphant, Oliphant which is an, who was an amazing actor, and is the realest actor I know. You ever watch interviews with the dude? Timothy Oliphant? No. Yeah. He, he's like, I don't understand all these actors and actresses who talk about like how acting and act, acting is like hard. Dude, you get told what to do, and you just do it, and you get paid like millions of dollars. It's pretty fucking easy. <laughs> I never did get into Justified. Did you ever give that a shot? I like Justified. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, a friend of mine was really into it. And she had all the uh, all the seasons on DVD, and I would borrow. This is when I was like 22 or something. I would borrow from her a season at a time, and I remember. Well, that was the plan. She was like, here, take season one and then let me know when he needs season two. And I took season one and she called me like two days later. She's like, you ready for season two? And I'd, I'd watched like three episodes of season one. I really didn't <laughs> like it. So I like, I like choked down season one, like forced myself to watch it. And then uh, I think I made it through season two and I was, I was out. The se- is it like season five or six where uh, Walton Goggins comes in and as the bad guy? Um, who's Walton Goggins? I'm really bad with. He's the, uh, he's the, the balding guy from uh, Hateful Eight. The, okay, the- yeah, that's what I thought you were thinking of. I thought he comes in earlier. Well, he's in early. He's in episode one. Yeah, that's what I thought. The- he's the bad guy because Justified is uh, uh, procedural, which I when I when I first heard about it and like it was getting all this praise i was like oh, okay it's probably a pretty good show but it is procedural meaning every single week they're dealing with a different bad guy so uh season one episode one i think they arrest walton goggins and then he's out for the rest of the season and he doesn't yeah. come back he doesn't come back in like a major way until like season four and when he comes oh, back two. is it two? like uh, I think it was early on in season two, if I remember correctly, and he—he's like a—he's religious. He's, I think he's a recurring character in season two. Okay, whatever so whatever season of where he is the um, religious like bad guy, like he—he's claiming to be um, a messiah, like reformed, mm-hmm. but then he's still blowing up other churches or something. I don't know. But he's not like really religious, isn't he? Like a uh, doesn't he like only believe, like isn't he still a supremacist? Yeah, I guess so. But he claims to have saw you know taken you know Who knows? I'm gonna rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, uh, let me know. My second movie, right? I've only done one. Yeah, yeah. my second movie for uh, movie corner is another rewatch, and it was one that took me a lot of time and effort to rewatch because I disliked it so much in theaters and everyone I talked to about it loved it. And I just didn't know what I was under, what I was getting wrong. I love this director. Uh, I had been looking forward to this movie for so, 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 so long. And then it let me down in a huge way. And then when I tried to tell people how much it let me down, they disagreed and thought it was great. And that movie is last year's, uh, Oscar nominated for Best Feature 2019's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, directed by Quentin Tarantino. 
Um, it sucks. I don't like it. Uh, the whole, like, I, I realized some new things about it this time, and it really is a suspense thriller. Uh, before, I didn't like it because I thought it was, like, a jerk-off, like, biographical alternate history thing. It's still, I still see it as that, but now it's, like, everything about this movie is about building, 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 building expectations and then not releasing anything until the very, very end. And when they do release it, it's still boring. Like, I just don't like it. I don't find the uh, the release that other people do. Um, yeah, it's not for me at all. I think Brad Pitt is bad in it. I think Leo DiCaprio is better. And definitely his scenes have some um, qualities to them that you haven't seen of him yet. Like the, the, the scenes where he's... Uh, dealing with his alcoholism or um, having the onset troubles that also do it. Like, basically, his alcoholism is the most interesting part of that movie to me. Uh, what's her name? Margot Robbie sucks in this movie. Uh, I don't know. It's just not for me. Have you seen it yet? I have not. Um, but I have been getting stir-crazy with... Oh, sorry. It's on stars. So Yeah. So I was thinking about... I was just thinking about that today of uh subscribing to stars because um there was quite a few movies on stars that i wanted to watch and i'm like i have not seen a lot of these movies in a while so yeah i can't recommend it man i wouldn't blame you for just skipping over it but you should um, just, you because just for the know. benefit of alex i'll probably check it out so i'm sure alex is one of the people that have been telling me like it's Amazing and all that. So. Who? Alex. Victoria's brother? Yeah. Uh, oh, he, the other day, we had a quick conversation about it um, where I said, oh, something about, he was like, well, you're too critical of movies. I was like, yeah, but you can tell when a movie is boring. And then we started to get into it, and I was like, I can't do this right now. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So on Stars right now is uh, The Equalizer 2. And Men in Black, and I want to see both of them. Men in and Black. Ra- and Brightburn. Hmm? Which Men in Black? The newest one. Uh, okay. I heard that. I song. don't know. I haven't heard them. I've heard it. It's pretty bad, but I still want to check it out. And I can't believe they put uh, Holmes and Watson on there. You saw that, right? Uh, Half of it. Uh, okay. I walked out and asked if I could go see a different movie, and they said, yeah, people have been asking all week. <laughs> Not even joking. That's literally what they told me. Do you remember what you went and saw instead? Um, I don't think, I don't know. But I could probably find out. It would be, yeah. it would be that hard. Yeah. If you remember. But anyway, um, someone, someone explain to me what's good about this movie. Uh, because I can't figure it out. Well, my third film was Onward. Um, and the reason I actually made, I don't know if you saw pictures of this. Is this Disney Plus? Yeah, it's a Disney Plus movie. But my son wanted to see it, and I was going to rent it. But then I found out it was on Disney Plus, and I'm like, oh, that's perfect. So I went, 
and he wanted to go see it in the movie theaters. And he's, you know, three years old. It's really hard to explain all of this to a three-year-old. Like, hey, like, you know, we can't go to the movies because they're closed. And then he'll ask the next day, and he goes, and he doesn't understand. Like, oh, well, you told me it was closed yesterday, so why is it closed again today? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real dumb-dumb, right? What? He just doesn't get he's, – he's like a child. He's got, like, a child's brain. You know, like a three-year-old's. Yeah. So, so I actually made, I got boxes, like popcorn boxes, like you would get at the movie theater. I got a cup, like that has a lid and a straw, um, put baggies out, fruit snacks, and just everything. Gave him the whole experience of going to a movie theater to see a movie. We even watched trailers and everything, so. And we watched Onward, and it was actually a really good movie, um. It's probably the best kids movie I've seen in a long time, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, what about? So it's um, these two brothers. Their their dad died when the the second one before the second one was born, so they don't have any experience with their dad. Um, well, the first one does. He has like a couple memories. And they live in this world that's had the op. It's like a world where magic existed, but then when electricity, like electricity and stuff, like um, was found, they're like, oh, you know, for magic to work, you have to like know spells and do all this stuff. But with electricity, you can just flip a switch. So people stopped doing magic altogether and focused on. Uh, advancing technology on that. So this kid, he, uh, their dad dies, but before he dies, he decides, oh, like, here's a way to, for me to come back for a day to meet my kids. So he leaves it behind a lawn or, like, a staff to allow the kids to see him one last time and for him to see them for a whole day. But when the son does it, he only does it halfway. And he ends up bringing back only the bottom half of his dad's body. So him and his brother end up going on this adventure to try to bring, like, you know, bring their dad with, with back their, all the way. With their dad's legs, they're going on this adventure? Yeah. And huh. there's some funny scenes with it, too. Like, uh, the dad, they put, like, this stuffed, like, a pretty much like a scarecrow upper half on top of the legs. So it looks like he, like a person. And like these pixies are standing there, and the uh, they he steps on them on accident, and they're like, "Do you have a problem?" And then the uh, scarecrow just like drops his head and looks at it like with his glasses down a little bit. And they're like, "Are you kidding me right now?" And they get in a huge fight over that, and then the dad knocks over a whole bunch of motorcycles, and then they have to fight the pixies and all that. So cool. What are so whatever you're doing on like every time I think you're moving forward or some touching your face or something what? causes like the size of the cameras to like move in on you like as if you're like doing something extreme like I don't know I can't see my camera so I don't know what you're talking about I guess you, we'll, Dragon, you ever we'll seen find... Dragon Ball No All right never mind <laughs> whatever you just did open your mouth real quick there you go that's what it is it's every time you open your mouth the screen does it okay 
Lisa talking about a filter I have on my camera because I've gone insane. Um, Sounds about right. So my last movie for this week's movie corner is a Amazon uh, picture on Amazon Prime, but it is also Amazon Studios. So like Honey Boy was an Amazon Studios picture. This is also a, a, a Amazon Studios picture, and that is Brittany Runs a Marathon from 2019, directed by Paul Downs Calasio. And I believe it's his first movie, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, his first movie. Starring Jillian Bell, Michaela Watkins, Micah Stock, and Utkarsh Ambudkar, who you might know if you watched Game Over Man, uh, which was the Workaholics Network. Oh, yeah, I remember that movie. So Utkarsh was like the prince in that, if you remember the storyline of that movie. There was a, a Saudi prince. No, I just remember uh, what's his... Oh, wait, yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that was Utkarsh. He, but he, in this, he is uh, uh, kind of a stoner uh, love interest of Jillian Bell, who is a overweight, over, you know, like casual sexer, drinker, abuses p- pre- prescription pills kind of loser who uh, decides to get her life together and run the New York City Marathon. I thought it was fine. It is kind of a pick-me-up, feel-goodery type movie, like um, for fat girls. So it, it's to, it's it's body positive, but it's also like get healthy positive. Um, Jillian Bell does lose a lot of weight in the movie. You can tell like they filmed this over time, and she looks much thinner at the end than she does in the beginning. Uh, Not to ruin anything because it's in the fucking title, but she does eventually run a marathon in the movie. And the reason that it gets three stars from me on Letterboxd is that I did get kind of choked up at the end when she eventually reaches her goal and and runs the marathon. So it's good for that kind of uh, motivational type movie, but it's pretty cut and dry. Um by the numbers boring so when i saw the trailer for this film a while back um because i didn't and i just realized it came out i didn't know it came out already i the only thing i said about it was i bet you they asked amy schumer for about this movie first okay yeah she did a similar thing right didn't oh, she isn't that all her movies didn't she just do a movie that was called, like, Ugly Fat Friend or something? I don't know. Yeah. There, This is a, uh, like, a genre of movie now is the Fun Fat Girl uh, movie. What's wrong with Fun Fat Girls, though, man? Nothing. I'm not, I'm just saying that it, it's, it is, a, so it, one of these movies, a movie about a fat girl finding herself, comes out every summer now. Yeah. Um, and I, I have no problem with it. It's, this is just the first one I saw. Uh, I think. Thinking that, like, I don't know. Melissa McCarthy. I guess I saw Bridesmaid. She was just a, a piece of that one. But uh, this was this is the first one that I saw that's about an overweight person bettering herself. Um, yeah, because nowadays we have. Yeah. We have our like children, we have our 
Rebel Wilsons, we have our uh, Melissa McCarthy's, and we have our um, 80 Bryant's. So this is a genre. Is it, I'm not making a judgment on it. I'm just noticing it. What, what did you say? Luis is frozen, so maybe you guys can hear him, but I can't. I like I like Jillian. Uh, you can't hear me. Yeah, now I can. Okay. Right. I like Jillian Bell though. Um, she's, she's hilarious. On the work, she's hilarious. on the workaholics, and I really liked her character. I and mean, I find her super attractive. So. Yeah, me too. Um, and a lot of that has to do not only just because she is objectively attractive, but she's very funny, and that goes a long way right. in uh, in my book. Uh, so that would be the end of Movie Corner for this week. Before we go, I want, since I'm going to be putting this up immediately after um, we get off Skype here, and I'm going to send it to Luis, and uh, I'm going to ask you to put it up right now as well if you have the time, because I want to promote something a coworker of mine is doing. Um, he is part of an art collective here in Denver that, uh, I've been going, they do movie screenings at the Alamo Draft House in Denver every mm-hmm. month. And I've been going to them the last couple months in a row. Uh, I was going to take Luis one on his birthday, actually. On the 20th, there was supposed to be another one in theaters. But since that's not happening, they're doing what so many people are doing and doing an online screening. And you can look it up. The collective that he's part of, uh, and this, sorry, this is tomorrow at uh, 8 p.m., Mountain Time. Uh, but the website is collectivemisnomer.com, uh, and you can find upcoming events there. If you want the full uh, thing, it's called the Locals Only Online Screening. So collectivemisnomer.com slash locals dash only slash, or locals dash only dash online dash screening. Um, and tomorrow at, set at 8 p.m. Mountain Time, they'll be showing a bunch of shorts from local artists in denver and it's recommended ten dollars but it's it's uh pay what you can if you can't pay anything it's you know it's just a website you can watch it it's going to be on that site for free but you could also venmo them the ten dollars if you if you can do that uh but that's a cool way to support den or i guess colorado artists for the time being Again, that is collectivemisnomer.com. And I'll put a, if you're listening to this through Patreon, I'll put a link to it uh, in the show notes on Patreon. I'll put a link on it through the uh, Facebook and the, it's called description as well. So cool. All right, buddy. We will catch you guys in the future. Woo woo. Let's go, girls. Hey guys, Sean Fitz here. And Sweet Lou, we're here to tell you about our Patreon. That's right, Louise. That's patreon.com slash WWF pod. 
And you can go there to find all kinds of bonus episodes, bonus videos, live commentaries, as well as... Oh, my God, I can't think right now. we got to start this over. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs>